welcome to Escaping Purgatory, a podcast where we rewatch Supernatural, then talk it through in the hopes that we can finally escape this show. Join us each week and leave comments on upcoming episodes, and together we can escape Supernatural Purgatory. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> <laughs> We're here again. <laughs> if it isn't a mid-season finale. Oh, 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 oh. And what a mid-season finale. <laughs> it's great, right? This Yes. Uh, this episode. The funny thing is, so all of the exposition that they did last episode. Yeah. Feels almost unnecessary for this episode. <laughs> there was zero need. There was zero need for them to be like filling all that in. Like, it's, we get it, guys. It, it, yeah, fine. <laughs> I don't, I still don't understand why some of that, like, unless they were doing a comparison of the two brothers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe. And also, I guess they were introducing two new characters. One thing I have to remind myself when I watch this episode. <sighs> I can't find a source on this. I did look. Um, so someone please send it to me if they can find like a primary source on where this has come from. But I'm sure I've read or heard once that originally Anna's storyline was going to continue and be Cass's storyline, right? So the whole okay. rebelling from heaven, helping them out, that kind of thing was going to mm-hmm. be Anna. And then for some reason... <laughs> It wasn't. And hmm. I just think that's super interesting. <laughs> um, yeah. Mm. Yes, it is. I would say, although we're seeing Cass here, like, doubting, and where his character goes is very much where Anna is in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just interesting comparing the two. Especially if that was the case, that, you know, Anna was going to go on to be the one who ended up at the end of season five, you know. Yeah. I did not know that. That makes it... So, is this is this Anna's last appearance? I don't... No, it's not. Surely it's not. No, we definitely do see her again, surely. That cannot be the end of Anna Milton. No, she's she's in it. Um, another four episodes. More times. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I just think it's interesting because, like... I know it's been said, and Misha said this himself, that Cass was only supposed to be in three episodes or four episodes or something, and then Mm -hmm. they just kept him on. Uh, So, yeah, I just think it's it's interesting. And it it would have almost made more sense for Anna to have Cass's storyline if, you know, they didn't want to make it. Mm -hmm. The the (laughs) subtext. If you can't see, if you can't see, well, obviously you can't see me, but um, I'm doing the hand thing. You know the hand thing. <laughs> the hand thing. I don't want to make it that. Yeah. So, I, yeah. I just think there were some choices. There were some choices made. Um, but I mean, I yeah, I love this episode. I reckon I've watched this episode maybe five times. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't come for me like that. Like... <laughs> <laughs> for many reasons not the uh-huh. reasons you were thinking uh-huh. of. yes of course of course not <laughs> I am a married woman I don't know. <laughs> fantasies exist <laughs> I won't tell your husband 
<laughs> it's fine. Watch this episode with me <laughs> this time. <laughs> but he did say this is a bit full on for Supernatural. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, he didn't see. Well, I feel like last week's last week's was very different than this week's. Different energies. It has to be a juxtaposition, right? Because yeah. With Sam and Ruby last week, it was very, like, forbidden love, so it's all passionate and steamy, right? Because that's the only, I don't know, that's the trope. I mean, we'll, we'll get to it in the episode. But, like, here in this episode, it's very more, I was saying to, I was saying to you, what, religious experience? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, we are, we are trekking Where? around the mulberry bush. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Um, <laughs> I think let's just get straight into this episode because I've got a lot to talk about. So it's going to be, yeah. I don't want to be too long. Let's let's do this. I skipped the recap because I was late watching this episode. So there really wasn't much of a recap. It was, it was very much a recap of the last episode with Pamela's mm-hmm. introduction sprinkled in, which I guess is because people might not remember who she is. I don't know how you would forget. <laughs> Again, she wasn't, she was introduced in this season and had something very traumatic happen to her. So I can't imagine why you would forget who she is. I have to remember sometimes with recaps in these seasons, it's like people actually did used to miss episodes. Oh, that's right. Right, because like they wouldn't be online or, well, mm-hmm. anyway. So, yeah, it makes sense. This is a continuation of the part one. So, yeah, um, it's very much, this is what happened last week. And now it jumps into exactly like continuing the scene at the end where Cass and Yoriel burst in and says, we need to kill her. It starts an argument of course it starts an argument Uriel is a very aggressive in this episode like we know he's not a fan is he not a fan of humans or humanity or is he just not a fan of Sam and Dean I just think humanity for Uriel like they're beneath him right mm. there are more divine purposes and these two idiots are just getting in his way like they are nothing to him like Dust on his shoe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dust in the wind, even. Don't come for me like that. <laughs> I can't listen to that song about crying. <laughs> you know, Sam and Dean are doing their whole like hero routine of like, no, you can't kill her. She's just human. Like, <laughs> this, you, you, you can't just come in here and kill this poor woman. You some heartless sons of bitches, you know that? As a matter of fact, we are. And Cass in this scene. Oh, Misha, yes, do it. <laughs> because Uriel comes in like full force, like straight looking them in the face, like, no, we're doing this. Mm-hmm. Cass doesn't look at anyone in this scene. No. He's like, we have to do this, but I kind of feel bad about it. <laughs> he, I, I have my orders, but I don't like these particular orders. And He looks ashamed of mm-hmm. being there. Which, I love that choice for him. <laughs> so, Uriel goes after Ruby, mm-hmm. like, throws her across the room and starts to, like, attack her. And then Dean attacks him. This is, Dean has this this move twice in this episode, like, by whacking the person over the back of the head. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> or coming at, coming at their backs. This is such a big moment, though, because, like, before this, Dean's pretty much gone along with the angels. Like, That's true. He's really kind of acquiesced to them, although he argued with them when we had like the Sam Hain episode, the pumpkin. Mm-hmm. He very much was like, okay, we'll just kind of solve the situation. We'll kind of work with you. 
mm-hmm. for him to attack Uriel here, I feel was a big turning point in their relationship with the angels overall. Because it's like, oh, we're actually finally kind of seeing them as antagonists. I think had it been had it been Cass who attacked Ruby, it would have been slightly different. I think mm. I think in the Great Pumpkin, you know, it was mostly Cass trying to reason yeah. with Dean. And, you know, Dean actually wanted to use his talky words. Like, he actually wanted to, like, ex- to, for them to explain themselves. And because Uriel was very much like, we need to attack and, you know. And then in this case, because it's Uriel who does the attacking and he can't understand why, I guess, he then goes to attack. Whereas I feel like if Cass had gone to attack Ruby, he still would have, He, I, I don't feel like his approach would have been the same. He still probably would have tried to get him off ruby yeah but not in the same manner i don't know i could be wrong i mean it's also telling to Dean's relationship with ruby now because yeah like why is he defending her he hates her he's they've been at like fighting like cats and dogs since she first turned back up again but there are several moments in this episode we are like oh okay he actually kind of trusts her now mm-hmm. mm. it could also be like evening the score like she saved Sam multiple times, so mm. I'm gonna. I don't know. It, it may not be. No, I think you're right. I think that's it because there was nothing between them. Like, they, like Dean could like leave Ruby at the side of the road and never see her again mm. and be happy. But I think hearing from Sam last episode in the ways that she protected Sam and saved him from himself essentially has earned her Dean's respect. For better or for worse, you know, but <laughs> that that just makes her like betrayal later on so much worse, right? It's right, it makes it worse because actually it took a lot. It it took Sam explaining that to him for him for Dean to to trust Ruby, and I think there mm-hmm. is trust between them here in this episode. And also, you know, the fact that Ruby actually helped Anna instead of like handing her over to the demon, and mm-hmm. like when Alistair turned up, actually like. All that kind of stuff. There's a lot going yeah, on with this... Ruby in this episode. I <laughs> Did you catch what Sam says next? Yes, I totally did. Oh, no, I love this so much. I'm so sorry. I'm like talking to all of it. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> so like, because Cass, he does this really like menacing walk towards Sam, but still not quite mm-hmm. looking at him. And Sam's like, Cass, stop, please. And I'm like, because <laughs> it's clear that at this point Sam and Dean are talking about the angels like calling because yeah. we already know that Dean calls Cass Cass not to his face yeah so when they're talking about him they're saying Cass and I guess this is like <laughs> Sam just slipping up like when you call someone like by the wrong name because yeah. that's the nickname that you've given them <laughs> I mean this is it I love this so much like Sam looks genuinely worried <laughs> <laughs> when when Cass is advancing on him. Um, mm-hmm. the, the look in his face is like, oh no, I definitely misjudged this person. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's almost like his fear of... Because obviously we know that Uriel doesn't like Sam. Mm-hmm. Like he's made that abundantly clear. Maybe he was holding out hope that Cass does. <laughs> <laughs> and then Cass does this and it's like, oh no. <laughs> but I mean, but then Cass does this. Like he doesn't hurt Sam. He just puts him to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, he's removing him from the equation. I think there's a few reasons why. I think Cass does genuinely like Sam. He wants to get to know him better and 
and understand him. Um, so he mm-hmm. wouldn't want to betray his trust by, I don't know, punching him in the face. Um, <laughs> and also he knows that if he hurts Sam in any way, any kind of headway that he's made with Dean is gone. Yeah, that's very true. But everybody knows that Sam is Dean's weakness. Like, everybody yeah. knows. This is definitely pointed out in this episode. True. I mean, that's what you would do if you, if you had no choice and you had to take out your friend. You'd do it in the most painless way possible, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Putting him to sleep was the right move. <laughs> also, I'm, I'm kind of confused at Uriel's, like, motivations at the beginning of this episode, especially mm-hmm. fighting Ruby, because he has her immobilized, right? Yeah. And we know that angels can, like, evaporate, I don't know what the better word is, like, kill demons pretty easily. And we yeah. see that later on in this episode. But he doesn't go for it when he had the chance. He doesn't. It's like he almost wants to punish Ruby in some way. There's a deleted scene, isn't there, that may have some kind of insight into this. Oh, that's right, yeah. But then it's not in the episode, so technically it's not canon, right? Mm-hmm. But so there's a conversation. I mean, this can't. This would have happened mid episode if they had put it in. But there's a conversation mm-hmm. between Cassiel and Uriel in in what looks like purgatory woods, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it, right? It does look like it. Basically, they're talking about how Uriel wants to kill Ruby. And Cass basically doesn't give him permission to because he's his yeah. superior. It's an interesting deleted scene. Like, I suggest you go and watch it. But they make some allusion to her being useful in some way. Mm-hmm. Which I can see why they didn't put it in because it's like casting more doubt on her than maybe is already there as well. Um, but it's also a super fun scene. Like, Uriel's really good at it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if you if you want to see a different side of Uriel, definitely watch that because it's like... <laughs> It's bananas. <laughs> like, where, where did this guy come from? <laughs> I love his line at the end. He's like, I'm going to go kill something. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It is great. It yeah. is very great. But I, I think that's why he's just getting her out of the equation for this fight so they can go get Anna. And also, like, you're right. She's no match for him. So killing her at this point would be, I don't know, just pointless. He can just literally hold her out of the way. I mean, by the sounds of it, he has a bit of bloodlust, essentially. So, yeah. especially from that deleted scene. So maybe that's what it, what it kind of is as well. Yeah. Um, because he could have done the same thing. He could have done, he could have done what Cass did mm. to everybody. Yeah. I mean, this is it. They were definitely going to win this encounter. Like Cass, yeah, was- Cass and Uriel <laughs> were like winning. <laughs> there is no doubt about that for sure. <laughs> We cut to Uriel and he's about to like punch Dean in the face again. And he says, I've been waiting for this. And then suddenly they like phase out. It's a really <laughs> weird, <laughs> it's a really weird CGI like moment. They make this better in like later seasons, but it's, that's the only thing I could think of them that be like freeze frame and like zoom. <laughs> they get like raptured. But my favorite thing is, it's like, <laughs> The way they did go, I don't know. They kind of like, you're right, freeze frame them and then zoomed them out so they get like smaller as they leave. <laughs> <laughs> it's just really funny. It's like they got abducted by aliens. Like, I, don't know <laughs> yeah. I was thoroughly confused at this because yeah. obviously, like, we, we as in rewatchers know, well, because we, we see Anna and like in the next room and they open the door um, and she's like got like a symbol um 
I'm drawing the symbol in my mind, but I can't think of what the banishment symbol. Yeah, an angel banishment symbol. Yeah. yeah. Um, in her blood and she's done the whole thing that they need to do which they actually change the way they do this later on because she has like her hands yeah on the what desk what looks like on the desk mm. to activate it rather than I feel like in the future you just have to like touch the symbol with you your blood you to slap the symbol you have to yeah. slap it you can't just <laughs> touch it you got to slap it <laughs> again why they didn't take a picture of it they probably did we just don't know <laughs> I hope so so, but as rewatchers, we know that like this is how like this is how they get rid of angels in the future, and it just looks better. I guess they <laughs> they simplified it in the in later seasons of just like making it light, and they just go away. Yeah, it's just a big flash of light. Yeah, but this is <laughs> this time they're like, oh, let's get jazzy with it. <laughs> yeah, and it was just the zoom. I don't. Again, the zooming in Supernatural, but it was just a tiny figure floating into the distance. Like, bye, Cass! <laughs> bye! <laughs> wow. So, um, and then Anna explains that she did, the symbol popped into her head, like, much like Angel Radio. It's, it's just that. Yeah. And it's like, how did you do it? All very mysterious. Mm-hmm. So we get the title card. And start back in the cabin. Sam and Dean are talking about Anna um, while Ruby's fixing her up. There's a lot of nice little, like, Ruby-Anna interaction here. I'm surprised this isn't a bigger ship than it is. Angel, demon, forbidden love. We we love to see it. We do. If Godovan's taught us anything, (laughs) we do love to see it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they're talking about how Anna's very interesting because, like, why does she just know all this stuff? (laughs) Dean's line here but the movie references in this are just wild like how is this he's like Anna may have sent the angels to the outfield but sooner or later they're gonna be back it's like mm-hmm. okay and he's like we've got to go get ourselves somewhere safe and we see this shot that they use I think twice in this episode right of the of like yeah, singer so. salvage yard with the impala driving in <laughs> oh yeah 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 like <laughs> and the, the second time they use it i was like oh so they're all leaving oh no they're not all leaving what okay they're, they're coming back again okay fine you, you know editing yeah they've gone back to bobby's panic room and dean's explaining how demons can't get in ruby finds quite racist actually which is <laughs> okay I I think it's really interesting. I, I do like they did they, they did keep this through that she has to like stand in this doorway and sort of just linger there, <laughs> which is quite funny. Um, and Ruby likes or throws Dean some hex bags and says that they're gonna hide them from angels, demons, everything. Which mm-hmm. where does that go? Yeah, why didn't they just learn to make these? <laughs> How many times would that have been useful? Like oh. before they got the bunker. So many times. I mean, Cass literally, like, etched onto their ribs to hide them from angels where they could have just been carrying these bags around with them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I guess having rib etching, you're not going to lose that and it's not going to get, like, destroyed in any way. Yeah, it's not going to, like, end up in your jacket that you leave in a bar or something, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Dean asks Anna what's up with Angel Radio and she says nothing. I really like this. Dean says, Good. It's not troubling at all. I'm using that. And Anna asks if they're scared, and, and Dean and Ruby kind of share a look. There's a lot of, like, silent communication between Sam and Dean, Dean and Ruby, Sam and Ruby. And there's, there's just a lot in it overall. Like, I would have liked to have seen more episodes of 
them together mm-hmm. in this way. Yeah. Though I feel like this was also enough, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like too much of a good thing, it's not always good for you. Yeah. Kind of thing. So I feel like it. Had they kept this up longer, I probably would have hated it. <laughs> yeah, I get you. Like this is almost the f- first kind of team free will, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where they're all tr- trying to dodge both heaven and hell. I like it. There's there's some bits in this where there's not a lot of dialogue and they're ju- they are just sharing looks and you immediately know what's communicated mm-hmm. between them. And they do it a lot between Sam and Dean in Supernatural, but it's, it doesn't often happen with other characters in mm-hmm. the way that it does here. And I, I quite liked it. So, no, you know, Dean says that they're not scared. They're, they're fine. <laughs> um, because Ruby's <laughs> like... Fact, they are. Yeah. <laughs> Because the look that Ruby gives Dean is like, reassure her. <laughs> mm-hmm. Upstairs, Sam turns up. Dean just asks how the car is before saying hello. And he's like, it's fine. Where's Bobby? <laughs> and it says he's <laughs> he's gone to the Dominican. Um, so I'm guessing the Dominican Republic. I think so. Yeah. Um, which, this is the first time I've ever heard of them ever going like overseas. <laughs> or on any kind of holiday or vacation or any kind <laughs> i do like a line later on in this episode which we'll get to uh, about bobby um so it might indicate as to what bobby was actually up to yeah um well, <laughs> yeah because he's like sam's like why or, like yeah he's like why is he working a job and dean says i hope so because otherwise he's at hedonism in a banana hammock and a trucker cap <laughs> <laughs> which is a look um Yep. I'm guessing that Jim Beaver was maybe busy for this episode because it does feel like a big bobby-shaped hole in this episode. Like, they wanted him to be here and he couldn't be here. Yeah, at the same time, some... He would have, he would have been the dad in this episode, right? I feel like some of the interactions probably wouldn't have happened in the same way that they did. So Mm. I think it was more of like, we needed Bobby's house, but we can't have Bobby here. (laughs) Yeah, he would have given them too much of an out for some of the information that they have to find, I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, something, something, absent fathers, something, something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a big gaping bobby hole in this that, like, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it plays into a lot of things. They're, again, talking about Anna. They're talking about her parents. They were called Rich and Amy Milton, and they seemed pretty normal, except except they found out that when Anna was smaller, she was insistent that her dad was not her dad and that her real dad was super mad at her for some reason. <laughs> Convinced that he wasn't her real daddy. Who was? The plumber? Hmm? Little snake in the pipes? Dude, you're confusing reality with porn again. He's like, no, look. Uh, Anna just kept repeating it and says that, you know, she went on and said, like, this dad, real dad of hers was mad at her and she did go into therapy and then got fine. Um, like she grew up pretty normal and didn't mention this again and Dean's like what's she hiding and then (laughs) Anna appears of course because yeah they talk really loudly and the doors are open (laughs) 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 I do love how like Ruby's like well I am watching her she just wanted to leave so I just watched her leave (laughs) (laughs) big demon energy like Like, you you gave me a job but you didn't specify so whatever (laughs) Yeah, I, I do love her in this episode, actually. Like, Ruby feels, like, more demon-y in this episode. I don't know. Yeah, she's great. 
So Sam's like, you know what? You're right. Let's just talk about it. Because the angel said you were guilty of something. So what is it? Like, what are you guilty of? And Anna's like, I don't know. My life's been ruined. My parents are dead. Like, I don't know. I would give anything to know. And Sam's like, okay, let's find out. Sam comes up with all the good ideas in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Dean contributes nothing. I'm sorry, but he doesn't really. <laughs> he has the car. That is it. Yeah. Sam is... He's the transportation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Sam is the leader he comes up with absolutely everything here and Dean just goes along with it mm-hmm. so again they show that same shot of the the car entering Bobby Singer like the Singer salvage yard Okay, we see Dean with Pamela and she has really heavy sunglasses on she kind of does this thing to Sam where she's like Sam is that you <laughs> and then like smacks him on the butt and it's like yeah that's you which is super it's not like, cool but like very Pamela yes she, she seems fine though after having her eyes burnt out by Cass she says all her uh, like still got more senses than most people so she's able to sort of like see things she can tell there's a demon in the room so Ruby she can tell Anna's mm-hmm. there and she does take off her glasses at one point to show that she has like glass eyes or she says plastic but they're probably gonna be glass mm-hmm. which are white and she just says that they're good for business so Good for her, I guess, cashing in on yeah. getting her eyes burnt out. <laughs> and she agrees to help them because she says, any chance to dick over an angel, I'm taking it because of the whole, you know, ah, thing. Burning of the eyeballs will definitely do that. Yeah, she's got a little bit of a vendetta against angels. Uh, so what she does to fix the situation is put Anna under hypnosis. And actually, mm-hmm. this was pretty accurate. So I've done hypno- like hypnosis before, like hypnotherapy. Mm-hmm. And the things that she says here, yeah, are exactly the kind of things that people will say to you when you're doing that. It looks a little bit weird at the end, obviously. <laughs> uh, yes, I would, I would imagine a supernatural twist on a therapy technique mm-hmm. is, uh, I guess... <laughs> Pamela is the closest thing they have to a, <laughs> a therapist because you know they don't go to therapy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess so, which isn't great. Um, I, the one thing I did note is, is they did keep continuity with her tattoo and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. they do know how to do that. <laughs> interesting, interesting. <laughs> interesting. They do know what continuity is. And so she she takes Anna back to when she was very young and asks her to look further because she's just getting the same information that they already have about Anna, about her parents. She eventually just starts screaming and like her back kind of cracks as it arcs off the bed. And It's very exorcist-like. Yeah, it is. Very demon possessy. Dean tries to help her, but she throws him across the room with like super strength. And then Pamela wakes her up. The indication as to who Anna is mm-hmm. should be should have been clear with how the lights explode. Right? She did the Castiel's, like, starlight. <laughs> did, you notice they did that in the boys too, right? When starlight appears, has she had the same rain mm. of... I don't know what you'd even call that. Fireworks. It's like s- <laughs> spark? It's not sparkles, but it's sparks. Yeah, sparks, yeah. You're right, though. This should have been the main indication because she did, like, the whole entrance. She just wakes up and her whole demeanor's kind of changed. And mm-hmm. she says, thanks, Pamela, and says, like, oh, I remember now. And seems like, oh, bye, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Anna says that she is an angel. They refer to her as Anna through all of this. 
Okay, so let me just go through this a second because I'm super confused. So Anna does say at some point in the series that her angelic name was Anael, or how does it say? A-N-A-E-L. I'm sure that I could find a pronunciation. Which is the same name that they give Sister Jo, who's played by Daniil, mm-hmm. in sort of like later season, I think season 13, season 14, right? But what's, but she's not the same character. No. She's not supposed to be Anna. No, so, I don't think so. There's I, no indication of no that No indication. So did they just run out of angel names? <laughs> like, why would you do that? That's super confusing to me. It's super confusing. And like, it doesn't help as well that in the series, in Supernatural, they give Daniil red hair. Right? So they also like kind of, they're, they're okay. <laughs> they made some choices. I mean, I, I really like Sister Joe's character. Uh, just, they could have picked a different angel name because it just implies that that definitely could... Why didn't they just make her Anna? I mean, I think Anna di- dies, right? I feel like that's the case. Yeah. I feel like that's the case too. Anyway, they clearly wanted the big, like, Ruby Anna energy that was here, but then had already killed off Anna. <laughs> so we're like, let's just bring... Like, let's bring back an angel who is like a reference to Anna but not actually her. <laughs> you know, that actually makes a, it makes a lot more sense as to why Ruby and Sister Joe like, get along so well. Right? right? If they were the same angel. They just want, they wanted to, they wanted to bring back Anna and were like, we can't because we accidentally killed her off and didn't really think it through. So let's <laughs> bring back Anil and we'll just, we just won't mention it. I mean, I'm fine. I'm actually fine with that. Okay. Anyway, long story short, huh. Anna's an angel. Um, this is a big deal. Yes, definitely is. Which explains like the angel radio and all that kind of stuff. Also, too many people that I just talked about with the ending of my name being eel. Yes. <laughs> yes, this is true. <laughs> <laughs> just throw, just let's throw in Castile and Uriel, <laughs> Uriel, Raphael. Like, oh, too many. Let's keep going. Yeah. I, I mean, we're talking about angels. It was, it was inevitable. Yeah, it's true. Is clearly a little bit later on because they're in the library rather than the panic room. Mm. <laughs> to get sorry to go back a little bit, I like Ruby's like, oh my god, I've just got locked out face when the the door of the panic room slams shut during yeah. the whole like. I initially thought that she had shut the door because <laughs> rather than the door slamming shut, because I thought Ruby could kind of see what was about to happen and was like, nope. <laughs> and I think that's funnier. <laughs> this and this episode has a little bit bit, some tone issues like some things are really really funny yeah intentionally really really funny unintentionally yeah really dark intentionally and just awfully sad so it's just like the whole gamut of like emotions i went through the full emotional roller coaster watching this oh my gosh um so it's just yeah but her face of like guys you're locking me out of action you're locking me out of the tea like i want to know <laughs> anyway so they're they're now um upstairs in bobby's library um and it's like oh you know you don't need to be afraid of me i may be an angel but like guys you still i'm still anna <laughs> what a very angelic thing to say though be not afraid yeah that's very true <laughs> that is very true obviously we know that pamela holds a grudge so she's like well so ruby says oh i don't i don't find that very assuring pamela agrees even though like pamela seemed kind of rude to ruby when they first met like 
I thought she had seen Castiel and Uriel. So, Castiel, Uriel, they're, they're the ones that came for me. You know them? No, like, she hasn't met them yet. Because the only time that they've seen Uriel so far is um, in the pumpkin episode. And Cass hasn't seen Ruby yet. Yeah, and, and Anna was locked in the in the closet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Anna knows who they are. They used to run in the same foxhole, as she says. Mm-hmm. Dean assumes that they were her boss, <laughs> but in actual fact, it was the other way around. They used to report to her. Oh, Supernatural, you're so progressive. Oh. <laughs> oh tell me more about women in charge. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a, like... I, I don't mind stuff like this, but it was such like a, we're trying super hard, guys. Right, but they do it in such a horrible way. Like, <laughs> right. same with Naomi. Like, yeah, she's a woman in charge, but she's an absolute horrendous, like, person to be in charge. I'm not <laughs> like, mad about that, because women can be terrible people, too, as long as they're right. in charge of it. <laughs> <laughs> but now they want to kill her, because orders are orders. I'm sure I have a death sentence on my head. Mm-hmm. Um, because she disobeyed and for that she fell Mm. sam sort of asked you know wait a minute i don't understand so angels can just become human the way that she describes how to become human is kind of graphic not graphic well yeah it's graphic kind of hurts try cutting your kidney out with a butter knife that kind of hurt i ripped out my grace so in order to hide from the angels and stop her death sentence she took out her grace (laughs) yeah it's this is a little confusing with like a little bit of, of angel law later on, I feel. But I think, yeah, basically, so Anna purposely fell mm-hmm. rather than getting killed. And you're right. Yeah, she hid her grace from the angels to find like so they couldn't find her. Actually, I say it's confusing. It's fairly consistent with what happens. It does put into kind of perspective some of the stuff that Cass goes through in later seasons when his grace is like failing or gets taken mm. away completely, like how painful that was for him. But I feel like the end of season eight also gives a good indication of that when the kind of angels all fall. And it's just like Anna's the first fallen angel that we've come across so far. And yeah. the law, you're right, actually, the, the law is pretty consistent for angels. They kept it pretty... It's also quite simple, though. <laughs> yeah, it is. And also... Um... There is a lot of lore on angels. Yeah. Like it's, so it's easier to follow when you're not having to like rely on one particular like abstract text Mm -hmm. as researchers for the show. So I guess like there's, there's so much already available that it's just easier to like keep it consistent. Yeah. So does that mean that Amy, who is her mother? Yeah had like a failing pregnancy and then when she fell she kept the pregnancy alive i don't know man never really thought about it because she says my mother amy couldn't get pregnant always called me her little miracle she had no idea how right she was see this is the bit that's confusing to me because the grace had unless okay hear hear me out they said that the grace is like later on they say it's pure creation right Mm-hmm. What if Anna put the majority of her grace somewhere mm-hmm. else and kept a little for herself in order to create herself a new body um, as a baby? Well, you know, like as an embryo or whatever. As you're saying that, I think maybe it's the same as what Ruby did with the coma patient. Uh, so maybe they're trying to draw that parallel. 
Yeah, possibly. Because obviously that, that coma patient was about to die and there was nothing in there so she could take it over. Yeah. So could it be the same for this embryo, fetus, whatever the stage of the pregnancy were at was? Yeah, I don't know. It's, I, I think it's like a... Um, I feel like it's a Gabriel Mary situation. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like she just created herself as mm-hmm. Anna is self-actualizing. We'll go with that. We'll definitely go with that. <laughs> <laughs> she also explains, you know, the older she got, she then the longer she was human, uh, she forgot that she was an angel. It's because Dean calls her God's little power ranger, which I love. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I'm just thinking about like, what the Power Rangers do. And I'm like, there's, how is that any equivalent to an angel? Mighty but Morphin, it, Power Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> like, they, they all combine to make a mecha. <laughs> I feel like Sailor Moon would have been a better Japanese anime reference. Oh no, Power Rangers isn't, actually, is it? Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's based on... Yeah, it's based on the same Voltron kind of Gundam thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just feel like Magical Girl Castiel is a better, better fit. <laughs> yes, give him a crown. It'll be great. <laughs> yeah, it's great. He gets a he gets a sapphire though. Yes, match his oh. eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Sailor Mercury. Oh look, no, too many tangents. <laughs> We're never gonna get through this. It's fine though. It's fine. You know, Ruby kind of realizes the situation that mm-hmm. they're in because Heaven wants Anna dead. Yeah. But Hell wants an angel to that's human that they can question. I, I guess the idea is that if they just captured a normal angel, they'd be too powerful or that they just wouldn't break under demonic pressures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Anna's vulnerable because she doesn't have her grace. She doesn't have her powers. Although she does have some of her powers. This is a, bit, this is a little bit confusing. Mm-hmm. She must Which have... I think- some grace right yeah which i think is where your your theory of like she kept a bit for herself Mm. makes sense what is an angel without grace i mean they still have the like collective knowledge of everything that they had before right because Mm -hmm. she remembers being on earth like two thousand years ago or whatever um but yeah what is an angel (laughs) what is an angel without grace i like that it's very like (laughs) When Cass loses all of his, yeah. he doesn't have anything like Anna does. Yeah, because she 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 must have some grace here because she can't mm-hmm. lost it all because she has her super strength and she can still hear Angel Radio. Whereas I'm pretty sure Cass explicitly says that he can't hear the angels anymore when he is human. I'm sure he says that. Or I imagined it. Who knows? I read it in a fic. Um, <laughs> like, so Cass is a very special case, though, because he is essentially, it's very confusing <laughs> because Anna, Anna is her own person. She grew, it's like she grew her own like brain, right? right? She has her own mm-hmm. personality. Whereas Cass, I mean, Cass at some point, that is his body. Like Jimmy's no longer there. Mm-hmm. So he must be able to formulate his own thoughts within that body without grace. Mm. It's, but he doesn't have a soul, right? I don't know. <laughs> Just 10 minutes ago, we were saying that angel law was really simple. And here we are like, actually. Yeah, but Cass, Cass must have, like, he must have either just a very small amount of grace to, like, keep that body going. Or he must have some semblance of a soul. Because otherwise, if you think what happened to Jack when he didn't have a soul, 
that would have just, he would just be like an em- like an empty vessel with a kind of cast personality. I'm very confused by this. I'm, I'm sure we'll mm. talk about it when we get to season nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we we are jumping five seasons uh yeah you just suddenly made this, me question this, this is how important this episode is <laughs> like I'm, I'm questioning everything about human cast now i'm like how is he alive <laughs> <laughs> oh no he's narrative purposes yeah god is writing him in that's the only reason why Ooh. or is he just fi- no, no no amy stop <laughs> wait till season nine <laughs> i i didn't understand this this reference that you know anna says she's gonna get her grace back and dean mm-hmm. says you're just gonna <laughs> first of all this is hilarious you're gonna take some divine bong hit like your Ro- and your roma downey who is roma downey also i think that he calls it a bong hit is hilarious because of the many ways that he gives Cass back his grace <laughs> it does look like and the question is can you shotgun grace do you know what shotgunning is yeah yeah (laughs) I don't know (laughs) I don't know why that made me think (laughs) someone write that fic lit for me please (laughs) I'd like to read that okay so <laughs> Going back into the episode and not thinking about that tension. So, you know, it sounds like a simple plan. We'll go get the grace back. Bada bing, bada boom, Angel Anna. Um, but it turns out that she's lost track of it. She doesn't really know when she was falling. She was falling about 10,000 miles per hour. <laughs> I love sounds she's like, like, literally. literally. <laughs> <laughs> you were literally falling. Which begs the question. Is heaven just there? <laughs> yeah, how how far how far I mean ten ten thousand miles per hour, right? Yeah. That's, that, that's pretty gosh darn fast. So was it split second or was it were you travelling a few seconds? I like to imagine that heaven's on a different interdimensional plane, mm-hmm. but like when you fall, you just sort of appear in the stratosphere. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's a bit random where you land then you know with sam being the clever duck that he is in this episode yeah he makes a connection of like well you know if something's falling does it look like a comet or maybe a meteor Ooh. again yeah. pretty consistent because when the angels fall at the end of season eight they do kind of look like a meteor shower like there's the mm-hmm. flaming and everything that's the pretty obvious way to do angels falling yeah but i still like it I still thought about it I when I was watching this. So in March of 85, there was a meteorite that, meteorite that vanished over Ohio. Ruby. She said this so quietly, I had to listen to it twice. So she's like, <laughs> be a pretty buffer and nerd. <laughs> like, she knows this. She knows. Surely she knows this. <laughs> oh, yeah, great. So it looks like that was Anna. Like, mm-hmm. that was her. And then there was another one at the same time over Kentucky and that was more than likely her grace. Yeah. Ruby's a bit of a pessimist and is like, well, you know, that narrows it down to an entire state. <laughs> Which Kentucky is really not that big. <laughs> so I don't know the size of things. It could be like huge for all I know. It's not Texas. If if they had said Texas, <laughs> I would have been like, oh gosh, yeah, okay, fair. But Annabelle, Kentucky's no Texas. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then Ruby apologizes to Sam mm-hmm. because obviously she's the one who brought them the tip back in the bar. Yeah. All that time ago. <laughs> like, what, two days ago? Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> How long has it been? She refers to what's happening as, you know, a human getting between two armies is like Godzilla and Mothra. Um, so many references in this. <laughs> Love it. Um, Sam says, you know, what do we do? Just dump Anna and run? You know, that's not what we're going to do. Like, I know angels freak you out, but we, we have to stand and fight. And Ruby says, it's not angels, it's Alistair yeah. that I'm afraid of. She starts to make reference to, like, you need to start using your powers again. And you know there's something you need to do. Yeah. And on a rewatch, I'm like, oh. Oh. And do you think... Sam was getting to that point in his retelling, but when Dean cut him off because, you know, there was details that Dean didn't need mm-hmm. to know, that he was like, okay, well, I'll just skip over all of it. Or do you think he was still never going to tell Dean? And I feel like he would never tell Dean because of the judgment. I don't think he was going to tell Dean because what he's done there is covered up a truth with a different truth. So, you know, mm. he's told him something shocking that he was sleeping with Ruby. Because Dean's going to think, oh, that's the big secret that he's been keeping from me. Mm. Not, and then not really think that there's maybe anything else going on. Because Sam's, Sam's told his truth. It was really hard for him to tell Dean that, you know. Mm. So why would he question that he hasn't told him everything? So that's very true. It's a very, it's not really Sam's fault. Because he has this whole, like, this whole addiction arc for him. is actually quite good storytelling. I do fairly enjoy it. And I think it's actually... Like, fairly well done, mostly. Um, mm-hmm. But there's something about making an omission to hide a different thing that you're doing. That's, that's quite true. manipulative. I mean, yeah. yeah. I, the best way to hide a lie is to tell a truth. Exactly. Or to, to give part truths. Which is precisely Just... the opposite of what Dean does in this episode. Dean gives everything at the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. He doesn't hide any. He doesn't keep anything back. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. But then he he doesn't have the kind of manipulation of Ruby in right. this. I, season four is very well written. <laughs> I really like it. I do really <laughs> like it. Um, mm-hmm. Especially their characters, because I feel like they're both so sympathetic and then they're both doing terrible things <laughs> sometimes. Yes. Dean's a bit yeah. more sympathetic in this season than Sam is sometimes. But when you look back at it, especially on a rewatch, you're like, Actually, he is kind of blameless in this. He thinks he's doing everything for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Love Sam. Ruby also says here about Alistair that he, she does call him the Grand Inquisitor, which is a little hint as to who he actually is, because I don't think it really becomes clear. It's, it's clear at the end of this episode who Alistair is, but it's not... I don't feel that you get the full force of who he is until on the head of a pin. Mm-hmm. But it's starting to like again great character build yeah i mean they they the way they've introduced characters in this season hmm. has been actually really well done you get like, bits of them right and mm-hmm. it builds a picture which is exactly how you should introduce char- you shouldn't introduce characters where they just come in like hey this is who i am and this is my deal and then they just stay like that <laughs> exactly <laughs> I mean, they, they kind of did that a little bit with Uriel, but he was he had the like mysterious aspects. Like in, in The Great Pumpkin, he didn't really talk much. 
yeah. what he did say was very like or at least he didn't talk much to Sam and Dean. He talked more to Cass. Like he had his little bit of a monologue. Yeah. But he's been building on that as well. But then again, like angels are introduced as very one dimensional mm. to start with. They're like worker bees. They don't really have the, like Cass introduced really as not having much of a personality. You know, mm-hmm. he's just following orders and very, I've said it before, like quite robotic and yeah, like a, like a bee, like cast lights bees. I'm going to just sort of like <laughs> lean into that, that analogy. <laughs> lean into that analogy. Yeah, they're kind of like drones, right? I think this is the episode where we meet Anna, and it's like, oh, okay, they actually do have personalities. Oh, they they can have personalities, yeah. yeah. And Cass has started to allude to that because mm-hmm. of him questioning things. Um, but this confirms it. I think I've said that a few times. Like, this is the episode that confirms it. <laughs> this confirms a few things yeah (laughs) maybe not that thing but a few other things yeah exactly yeah yeah, you're right they introduce characters really well which to be fair we're saying that they've done it well but they haven't really done it before so we've got really got anything to compare it to (laughs) this is true i mean they 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 did do it well for bella yeah, I would say Hendrickson as well, actually. Yeah. Even though he's only in like two episodes. <laughs> Still miss him. Um, so we cut to Dean and he's outside with the car. Like he's just dropped off Pamela. Like, her, like he's come back from dropping off Pamela because mm-hmm. Pamela wants no deal, nothing to do with angels, which is understandable. Yeah. Anna says, you know, you know, I don't blame her. You should, you should, you guys should do the same. And Dean's like, well, we're, we're not that smart. Um, he he asks, can I ask you something? What do they want from me? Why did they save me? Yeah. Obviously talking about the angels. So Anna says, you know, that, that the angels aren't talking about it. It was after I fell. Which. Yeah, I questioned was this. this. <laughs> yeah. Because what happened to Sam was in 1983. Mm-hmm. And she fell in 1985. No, look. I don't think that even matters that it was in the 80s. I'm sure that they later kind of say that everything has been building to this. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Like it was it was not just, this wasn't a monumental event like that yeah. they knew was coming. Maybe they just didn't know. Well, no. Yeah, they do know who it they was. Gonna, oh, who. I don't know. I this, Okay, you can take this two ways. They didn't know what they were doing with the writing yet. That's fine. Yeah. If you want to fit this into canon, I don't think Anna would tell Dean why, because there's something here about like choice and free will, right? Mm-hmm. So Anna chose to fall. She also chose to disobey, and so she she kind she has free will, right? She has kind of like understands that that's important, right? And I think if she had told Dean here about destiny and the fact that he's moving towards something that he has no say in, it would have been bad to tell him that. I think she wants to give him the choice. Mm-hmm. Right. And also mm-hmm. some of the decisions that would be made later on yeah. would be with the influence of if Anna told him that he was destined for something. Exactly. I think I think she's kind of doing him a kindness. Um, yeah. By not telling him because, yeah, she's ultimately, I mean, it is and it isn't. Because if Dean did know, 
like, you know, about the whole Michael thing. I feel like he would have, at this point, he probably would be thinking, well, if it saves the world. Because <laughs> there's something about the guilt he feels about hell and... That's true. All that kind of stuff. But he doesn't know about Sam's destiny either. Mm. So he needs all the information before he can make that decision. And I think Anna knows that he doesn't know everything yet. I'm probably reading way too much into this at this point because I, it, they clearly just messed up the line on this one because they, yeah. could, they, couldn't, they couldn't tell us what was going to happen. And it was too much of a like, Anna knows everything. So why is she not saying anything? Um, yeah point. yeah definitely and you know and, and sort of playing into reading in too much there were probably people around her at that point that could tell that she is not like other angels yeah. just how like people around ruby for reasons know that she's not necessarily all that she says to be yeah so who knows anna might have been kept out of the plan even though she was a higher up yeah possibly you know interesting that she was um kind of sentenced to death rather than mind wiped um but again like hadn't been established yeah and we couldn't have yeah. this whole storyline i know i know <laughs> i know but still <laughs> so and then dean asks another question it's another question why would you fall why would you want to be one of us interesting that dean's basically asking her don't you think being human is a fate worse than death but okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's very true anna doesn't see it that way she sees you know humanity echoing a lot of 1518 in this little speech i didn't read like that i love that no tell tell me more annabelle (laughs) because you know she's like she loves that humanity is loyal there's forgiveness there's love and then it goes on to do some other stuff but like that idea that an angel Mm -hmm. would fall yeah for humanity yeah, you're because right. <laughs> she loves humanity. She loves humanity. <laughs> and what did what did Cass say? <laughs> he doesn't just love humanity. Well, he does love humanity, but like not just humanity. Not just humanity, but yes, that's part of the reason why he loved Dean. Yeah, exactly. loves Dean, not loved. Oh, loves. So it's, past it's tense. Present tense. Present tense. <laughs> <laughs> um, they have like a bit of a back and forth as to like. Dean points out the bad, Anna points out the good. Fused, afraid. I don't know, there's loyalty, forgiveness, love. Pain. Chocolate cake. Guilt. Sex. Which, fair. Yeah. Fair. Fair. (laughs) (laughs) There's building tension on, and I mean, of the sexual kind on screen at this point. Yeah. Because they're kind of close to each other. They get closer and closer and they're like looking at each other but not mm-hmm. looking at each other. It's very like, will they, won't they? Very, very quickly. Yeah. Um, do you think because she knows that she's going to sacrifice herself eventually? I don't... And we all know that everybody who says that they love Dean disappears. So they're like, Dude! <laughs> no, why? And yeah, you're right. Like the, the whole I love you and I die thing. There's a mirroring here between... Sam and Ruby and Dean and an angel, right? And we've already said that they were mirroring him and, and Cass. But like Anna's kind of in the that position now because he seems drawn to her in a way that like is almost 
supernatural. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if that makes sense. Like that. I wonder if it is that kind of he wants to be forgiven mm. by a celestial being. And I think we get the idea of that later on. Like he he feels drawn to her in a way that because he was chosen, right? He's been chosen by God. He's been chosen by the angels and he wants to know why. Mm-hmm. And I think it's that kind of pull in that direction that, that draws him to Anna. And then it just happens to be the angels have the same daddy issues that Dean does. And yep. he like Anna fully kind of understands him in a way that she doesn't know that she understands him. And also, even with what she says next of saying that, you know, she appreciates every emotion, even the bad ones. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't want to go back to being an unfeeling drone. But Dean says feelings are overrated. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, he, oh. This, okay, I have, I have issue, but I don't at the same time. This line here and this whole conversation is thrown a lot about into why, like, you know, oh, Destiel couldn't possibly be canon because angels don't feel the same as humans do. So it's not, mm. not love. The thing is, with this is that Anna's basically saying that in order to feel emotion so like angels are very unfeeling but in order to feel emotion she had to be human and Cass very well makes the point several times over the series that knowing them and being around them has made him more feeling Mm -hmm. and has brought up emotions in him that he didn't have before so I don't think that it's necessarily angelic in nature that like angels don't feel anything. It's almost like a learnt skill for them mm-hmm. by being around humans. And I think the fact that people you kind of you, you know, some people would say like, well, you know, they're saying that angels don't have emotions, basically. By right. what Anna says here, I don't think is technically true. <laughs> yeah, I and you you can't say that. Because look at all of the angels that we see on screen. Like, Uriel has anger issues. Yeah. That's an emotion. Mm-hmm. I've, I, well, I feel like the overarching is anger. I think they all, they, have, <laughs> they all have daddy issues. And the only reason you can have daddy issues is if you feel emotions. <laughs> right, exactly. The sense of abandonment. I think angels are supposed, they, the image they want to portray is unfeeling drones. Mm-hmm. And that's how they should be. And that's how kind of Dean is expected to be by John Wright, mm-hmm. right? But the truth of it is, is that they actually feel very deeply. And if you didn't, there wouldn't have been anything to get Anna to disobey. She wouldn't have had mm-hmm. any reason to. So, I don't know. It's all very um, Vulcan. <laughs> I'm fr- bringing <laughs> it back to Star Trek. Because um, everything is Star Trek. <laughs> everything is Star Trek. And I think angels are like Vulcans. And... You know, what you're saying with, like, emotions being a learned skill. Mm. Angels have been around longer than humanity. So they have learned along with humans. Exactly. So, of course, some of them will feel because they've been around for eternity. Yeah. (laughs) So what I think Anna thought this is, I mean, this is my interpretation, but what I think Anna's saying here when she is talking about, like, you know, perfect, like a marble statue, cold, only obedience... I don't think she's talking about the fact they, that they don't have any feeling. I think she wanted the choice to express herself, mm-hmm. right? It's about not having to be that 
cold, expressionless person, but actually having freedom, which is very much mirrored in Cass as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she talks here also about faith. And again, like it's very much mirrored in Dean because she says that only four angels have ever seen God and the rest of them have to take it on faith. I assume that she's talking about, you know, uh, Michael, Lucifer, Raphael and Gabriel, right? That'd be fine. Four angels. Oh, wait. Wait. No one could... Wait, so which one of them didn't see God? (laughs) No, 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 wait, that's four. No, you're right. There's five. (laughs) Because there's four archangels and Lucifer. So maybe she doesn't count Lucifer. Uh, Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe he's not counted as an angel in her uh, counting. Mm -hmm. Okay, fine. (laughs) Anna goes on to explain that you know, she was stationed on Earth for 2,000 years, just watching silent, invisible, sick for home, waiting on orders from an unknowable father that I can't begin to understand. So don't tell me that. And Dean laughs. It's like, yeah, no, this is definitely John. I was laughing <laughs> along with him, like, girl, do you know what you're saying to this yeah. man? <laughs> the, the sick from home line or like, mm. oh, gosh. Yeah, Dean definitely is sick. Maybe not like a physical home, but like family home. Yeah, yeah, the idea of it is is sad. And do you know what? Kudos for Dean for seeing that this is messed up. <laughs> yeah, I feel as bad as hell was. It gave did give Dean some time to reflect mm-hmm. on his relationship with John. I think some of that happened in the year before he went to hell as well. As like, yeah, oh. My relationship with my father has got me into this situation. <laughs> right, <laughs> yes. basically. Yeah. Anna asks, what's funny? He says, nothing. Uh, it's just that he can relate. Mm-hmm. Sam comes and interrupts them. And they go off back to the library. So in Union, Kentucky, uh, there was multiple accounts of a local miracle. That in 1985, there was an empty field just outside of town then six months later there was a full-grown oak tree that looks like it's centuries years old okay one thing on this that tree ain't a hundred years old do you see how big that oak tree was that's like a thousand year old oak tree (laughs) anyway sorry tree tree nerd (laughs) yeah if i feel like if they said centuries rather than a century yeah they just needed that extra yeah (laughs) and anna confirms that it's more than likely where the grace would have hit um and it would have done something like that so grace ground zero it's not destruction it's pure creation i love the look on dean's face when he said like she says this yeah because it's like Everything has always been destruction. Mm-hmm. It's never been creation. So it's just like, it feels almost like a realization at that point. Yeah. That like, maybe angels aren't as bad as they seem if they can create rather than destroy. Oh yeah. And like Dean knows all about destruction, right? Oh yeah. So again, he's drawn to her because she's almost the like opposite of him even though she's actually the same as him it's, it's confusing <laughs> <laughs> it then cuts to the impala and obviously they're gonna they're driving to union kentucky i also laughed at this whole scene i was as i was like thinking about this later on it feels very much like the wizard of oz kind of crew like yeah they're off to see the 
like on the yellow brick road off to see the wizard of grace um <laughs> dean is obviously dorothy i don't know who everybody else would be i don't know who's looking for what who's looking for what have we got yeah because oh, you're right dean is dorothy because he's looking for a way home that doesn't exist anymore um <laughs> <laughs> okay that went wor- way worse than i thought it would <laughs> i think we could say sam's looking for i don't know is he courage yeah maybe courage yeah. yeah i quite like courage so sam's a caribbean lion plus the hair Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think Anna's looking for I think Anna's looking for her brain like the knowledge that yes. the grace and then Ruby's looking for her heart but like as in where her allegiances lie mm. <gasps> Ooh. <laughs> and then the wicked witch of the west would be Alistair yeah, totes. and then Galinda is obviously <laughs> Cass <laughs> <laughs> yes, Cass is Glinda the Good Witch. I'm here for this. Someone write me a wizard of at you. Thank you. <laughs> we need red shoes and all, red boots and all. I want to just see Cass in a big bubble. <laughs> I want to see the Impala like painted like Gordon's car, like you know his red Mustang. <gasps> yes. Is he Impala yeah. shoes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, we were yeah. This is this is some good stuff. We were on it today. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Annabelle, yes. Dean makes a different kind of reference. He he laughs at the fact that there's a demon and angel riding in the back seat. He makes and it, it sounds like a setup to a bad joke or a penthouse forum letter. It was literally a setup to a bad joke because <laughs> Sam says, "Dude, reality, porn. You call this reality?" Um, and then they arrive at this horribly CGI'd oak tree. <laughs> Thank goodness like, you noticed it too, because that was like, that's some terrible CGI. That was so bad. It was, it was so bad. Yeah. Like, could you have not gone? Well, I guess being in Toronto, maybe, I don't know. Just find a tree that looks like an oak tree. Like, a lot of trees look like oak trees. Just find, I don't know, not that. They need to not make it that. look heavenly, I guess. But it doesn't. It looks and like when they when they <laughs> when they turn around, like when there's their backs to the camera and they're looking at the tree, like you can see the glow <laughs> of like the cutout of I, them. I know you can see the green screen. It's great. <laughs> it's oh, um, they were they were having a day. Yeah. Then it cuts to the, like a close up of the tree, the like the tree trunk, and Anna puts her hand to the tree and says, yeah. "Yes, this is definitely the tree." Um, but unfortunately, the the grace is actually missing. Someone's actually taking it out of the tree. Which, should the tree still be so angelic if the grace is not there? I mean, should it be all like, still a- Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe it should just be a tree now. <laughs> so we're in a barn, because where else would we be, Annabelle? Like, I swear to you, barns. They've got the hex bags. Dean wants to go back to the panic room and Ruby's like, what, and just live there? <laughs> <laughs> and, and Dean's just like, I'm thinking out loud. It's kind of a difficult situation. Ruby lays out, like, Anna's grace is gone. She can't angel up. She can't protect us. We can't fight heaven and hell. One side maybe, episode but eight. not both. Yeah, yeah, this is the episode <laughs> <laughs> Um, And then Anna says the angels are talking again and they're, like, doing a kind of repeating 
thing. She calls it a loop. <laughs> a loop, thank you. That's the word I was looking for. Um, <laughs> and it's, Dean Winchester, give us Anna by midnight, or we hurl him back to damnation. Sam asks Anna if she knows any weapons that work on angels. And she says, like, to what kill them? And Sam does, like, the best Sam face. He, like, does, like, a head tilt. And he's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she says, nothing we could get to. So it does suggest there is weapons. They did leave that open, mm-hmm. which is nice. Dean wants to call Bobby again because he needs advice from his dad. He's, <laughs> he's in a situation. Um, but Sam's like, no, you know, what's he going to tell us that we don't already know? And Dean's like, I don't know, you know, I'm trying to think. They're very much like getting confused. We're, we're talking around in circles about what, what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. So we cut to the woods. It's night time. And Dean's reading um, and like kind of sat on the Impala. Is he reading, I wonder? And, you know, Anna's there, like... And they're having, you know, kind of checking in. It's very similar vibes to the scene in the salvage yard where they're talking over the Impala. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting that both conversations they have that are quite intimate are within the vicinity of the car. <laughs> because we know the car is Dean, right? Mm-hmm. He's kind of opening his soul to her. The car. <laughs> I'll talk about that more in a minute. <laughs> um, <laughs> Anna's thanking him for helping her or them for helping her and said that, you know, it didn't have to. Um, and Dean's like, you know, don't say that yet. Like, we don't take participation trophies. <laughs> right. <laughs> Anna says, I don't know. Maybe I don't deserve to be saved. This is basically Dean. This is basically Dean. It is, dude. <laughs> that line made me, like, feel something for the first mm-hmm. time. No, I'm it is. It's just. It's just echoing him, and I think he hears mm-hmm. it as well because he. The look he gives her is like, he can hear himself. He can hear Cass saying, "Don't you think you deserve to be saved?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. Dean does say, "Like, don't talk like that." It's funny. Like, it's very easy to give other people advice that you don't take for yourself, oh, yeah. right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Anna compares herself to Lucifer and says, "You know, Lucifer disobeyed. I disobeyed." Uh, I knew it, maybe I do have to pay. And Dean says, yeah, well, we all have things we have to pay for. Mm. Wonder what he could be referring to. Anna says then that she kind of confesses to him and says, I've got something to tell you that, like, you're not going to like. And that she'd heard the angels talking about a week ago about him and hell and what he did. Is this... Is this what she was referring to when she, at the beginning, like in the last episode, saying that the angels talk about you? Possibly. It's like gossiping, right? It's like, mm. you know, the righteous man, do you know what he did and how? Like, should should we be following him? Like, should we be helping mm-hmm. him out? I, I can see that amongst the angels. She says to him, like, it wasn't your fault. You should forgive yourself. And she, like, touches his face. The face lean. How what is it with people and like Dean just the the, the, the the moving into the hand on the face is extremely good it's just very good yep the touch starved nature of Dean Winchester is just any kind of touch he looks so broken in this like his his eyes are like tearing up he's mm-hmm. yeah Dean just said said to say that he doesn't want to talk about it and Anna just says to him like I know but when you can you have people that want to help you are not alone that's all I'm trying to say. 
And I think this is very, is very much the catalyst for the conversation at the end of the episode. I think if she yeah. hadn't said that, he maybe wouldn't have confessed all that he did to Sam. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, look, do you know what? I do love Anna. Because she, she gives Dean here some kind of... It's forgiveness, right? She's given him permission to forgive himself. And I think sometimes yeah. you need that. And I'd love her for that. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I mean, I I don't know how much value Dean puts into a fallen angel, but mm. coming from an angel, you know, something that is of pure goodness and saying that, like, I understand and it's not your fault mm-hmm. it was enough to sort of break the dam a little bit or, like, crack the dam a little bit for yeah. it to break. I actually think he would value Anna's opinion on this more than a fully-fledged angel, if that makes sense. Mm because of her disobedience and because of her similar similarities to him and her having basically done the worst thing that she could think of, right? She disobeyed and she's mm-hmm. telling him that it's actually okay to forgive yourself for that. So I actually think, yeah, from coming from Anna, it probably meant more. And Anna kisses Dean um, and he, he's very surprised. He's like, what was that for? <laughs> like, <laughs> No one's ever been this nice to me before. That's kind of how it comes across. <laughs> And Anna's like, well, you know, it's our last night on Earth. And and Dean even says, like, you're stealing my best line. Again, showing their similarities. Like, he mm-hmm. definitely would have used this, these moves on her oh, if she didn't season, get that Season three, every single time he hooked up with someone. <laughs> yeah. Listen, look, he definitely used that. Yeah, he definitely did. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we move into the Impala. And there is a, a very, actually, for Supernatural, quite long sex scene between Dean mm-hmm. and Anna that there's a few things I want to note here <laughs> <laughs> there's so much to be said for this scene I mean <laughs> I don't even know where to start okay we, we did say at the beginning of this episode quite reminiscent of Cassie and Dean like it's, it's you know he comes he comes across like a real playboy you know like real badass but actually he seems to be like very Tender. Tender. Gentle. <laughs> I hate talking about us. Um, <laughs> we can power through, I believe they, in us. They do a cut because and and switch Anna on top, which I just felt was another like F you to the studio, which I, I enjoyed that because what we said before between Cassie and Dean, they're like, catch your woman on top. Um, mm-hmm. But also it sets up for like, because Dean is shirtless, you can see the, mm-hmm. the handprint on his shoulder which is still there but to point out it's been several months (laughs) and it's still Mm -hmm. there so why would it just randomly disappear anyway and she puts her hand over it hmm (laughs) 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 there's two things it makes you think about Cass during a scene um, Mm -hmm. with another angel which is an interesting choice for for them to make Especially on a rewatch. Especially on a rewatch, you know, with full context. Also, there's something about Anna putting her hand over that handprint that's almost like an an ownership kind of thing. You know, I think I don't know. It's almost like, she, or is she just seeing where he was t- touched by an angel? <laughs> you know, I was I was thinking. I don't think it was ownership, but it's more of like maybe acceptance. Or like acknowledgement, mm-hmm. yeah. 
it's it's a very it's an odd it's, it's a choice it's a choice to make because again they don't the handprint disappears at some point so like mm-hmm. they decided not to keep it in it's one of the reasons why they decided not to keep it in later on is because every time you see the handprint you think about Cass <laughs> mm-hmm. maybe it's an acknowledgement of Dean's journey they were talking about what he did and how right mm-hmm. so it's kind of like you're not in that place anymore here's the proof. I can kind of see that. And I would accept that if. (laughs) (laughs) So I was talking about the car being Dean right. So Mm -hmm. I'm getting way too deep into this. The the symbolism of them having sex in the car. Right. Because they were having this whole very vulnerable conversation. And then Mm -hmm. Dean is literally like letting her into the car, like letting him into his vulnerability. And we already know that the car is a safe space because of yellow fever. Yeah. Because he he feels comfortable in the car. Mm-hmm. And so the song that's playing is uh, Ready for Love by Bad Company. Yeah. That was clearly playing in the car. Oh, yeah. Definitely on the radio. <laughs> I mean, the, the final shot of this scene is Anna's handprint smearing down the window of the Impala. So she's also leaving her own handprint on Dean. Mm-hmm. Right, because again, he's the car. Yep. So I don't know. I just think I just feel like the handprint symbolism <laughs> is strong in this one. It's strong in this <laughs> one because basically, yeah, Anna's left her own handprint on Dean as well as Cass has. So what are we actually mirroring here? I also think to bring it back to. <laughs> um, Sanity? I don't know, Annabelle. Not not sanity, but like... uh, To to, to give a different perspective on it. Of course. We all know where this handprint thing is from, right? Mm -hmm. It's truly from Titanic. (laughs) Yes, I know! (laughs) So, with all of the movie references and stuff like that, I think that was what they were trying to do with this, and that was what they were kind of getting at. But I do love your interpretation way more. (laughs) The Titanic reference makes Balthazar trying to go back in time to prevent the Titanic even funnier because you know that this scene is in Chuck's books, right? Yep. So which means, do you think part of the reason for Balthazar wanting to go back and stop the Titanic was to stop this reference being in the book? (laughs) Of like Dean banging his sister. <laughs> I think it's more that he doesn't like the James Cameron movie. Isn't that what it was all about? But the, that was the again, whole reason. The reference wouldn't be there if it wasn't for the James Cameron <laughs> movies. I'm just saying. <laughs> it all ties together. But yeah, anyway, what I'm saying is um, Destiel's canon and this proves it. No, <laughs> This this is confirmed before it's confirmed. Yeah, like, it's, it's, yeah. It's just a lot. It's just a lot, man. It's just a lot. So, um, we see Sam. He's asleep over a book. Him and Ruby are not mirroring Anna and Dean at this point. Nope. <laughs> Sam's asleep. Um, but we see Ruby leaving, and um, she burns her hex bag in a field, and Alistair appears. I love the actor who plays Alistair in this. He's yes. just so slimy. Like, he is. Oh. He's, and the way he mm. managed to change his voice as well. Mm-hmm. This, yeah. I don't know what that accent is, but it's great. 
So Alistair says, like, I'm surprised to find you out, like, doing this. And Ruby's like, well, desperate times, you know. And Alistair brings out the knife and says, are you looking for this? <laughs> Your gawky human friend gave it to me. <laughs> <laughs> and Ruby says to keep it, she just came to talk. And they have this kind of, you know, she's basically saying, I've got myself in too deep here. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I'll give you the angel if you let, you know, me and the Winchester boys go. And Alistair says, like, You know, I'd always heard that you were a devious, cowardly little slut. You don't disappoint. Can we stop with the slut calling names, please? Yes. I mean, like, he is a bad guy, but, like, still. And he says, like, you don't disappoint. And Alistair's like, well, it's interesting, prudent, but then two demons appear and, like, kidnap Ruby. We go back to the barn, and Uriel is there, and Dean comes in. He says to Dean, it's so cute when monkeys wear clothes. <laughs> Which I think is just a great, great line. I think this is the second time he's referred to humans as monkeys. And I mean, evolution is canon and supernatural. That's such a weird thing to say. But it is because there's the whole Castiel don't step on that fish line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dean says, that he, you know, I'm dreaming, aren't I? And Uriel says that it's the only way that we could talk because you're hiding from us. Even mm-hmm. though they're dreaming in the barn where they are. <laughs> okay. For me, this confirms that Cass, uh, at the end of episode one, or two, I can't, no, episode two, Dean is actually asleep. He doesn't actually wake up to talk to him in the kitchen. I think that's been the consensus that I've got as well from other people, that it's a dream. Yeah, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it's it's almost lit lit, the same as quite a blue lighting to it. Mm-hmm. Dean says, don't normally see you off your leash, where's your boss? Which is so weird to like hear Cass refer to as anybody's boss. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Uriel says, Castiel, he's not here. All oh, this line, he says, Castiel, well, he's, uh, he's not here. You see, he has this weakness. He likes you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, his weakness mm-hmm. is not just humanity. It's the pause, yeah. it's always the pause before they say that. Um, but yeah, he, he specifically likes, you know, Dean. Yeah. I mean, I actually do think in this case, Uriel is being all encompassing, talking about like them generally as a group. Yeah. Um, but he is talking to Dean. Um, <laughs> and so they want Anna, but um, Dean said, Dean tries to bluff with him and says like, well, she's got her grace back. So like, good luck, lol. Um, mm-hmm. And then Uriel's like, well, ha, 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 I have the grace and pulls out. What is a very consistently great, like grace necklace? It looks exactly the same as it does in like season whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, says that they don't want hell to get hold of her. Dean questions then, like, why don't you just give her a grace back? And Yura says, like, well, she committed a crime. So it's just kind of showing like their priorities. Like they punishing her is more important than protecting her their communications from hell, which is ridiculous. And Dean says, like, well, what was that thinking for herself? Uriel does point out that she's not even human and Dean's like well I guess I just like being a pain in the pooper which was such a weird line mm-hmm. <laughs> just let, let him say pain in the ass like what the hell I'm pretty sure he said it multiple times yeah and like Uriel says 
Oh, there's more. You cut yourself a slice of angel food cake. This was such a bad line. I'm sorry. They clearly wanted to make this joke. And it yes. just they just couldn't figure out how to do it. Nope. <laughs> and then they did it like that. And it's just like, ugh. Yeah. And then Dean says, and again, they focus on this way too much when they're talking about the whole Dean and Cass thing. Dean says, what do you care? You're junkless down there, right? Like a Ken doll. Which... I think is a dogma reference. Uriel just doesn't respond to that. He's like, well, this is your last chance to give us a girl or... And Dean's like, what? You're going to throw me back in hell? He, he He's so close to doing like a sassy head movement with that. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. You're going to do what? He accuses Uriel of bluffing that he's not going to send him back. But Uriel's like, try me. This is, this is a whole lot bigger than the plans we've got for you, Dean. You can be replaced, which I think is not true. I don't think so either. Mm-hmm. And Dean kind of calls him on it it's like they're playing a game of poker or something and mm-hmm. he's like go on then do it <laughs> <laughs> it feels very much like a playground like fight yeah like they're taunting each other like no i'm gonna hit you really hard I'm like do it then yeah. all right i will and they keep like circling each other <laughs> yeah like come on then do it do it i love it Uriel's like, well, you're actually just crazy enough to go, aren't you? And Dean's like, yeah, what? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But then Dean says, what can I say? I don't break easy. And Uriel says, yes, you do. You just got to know where to apply the right pressure. And I'm like, I hate you. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, no, that. Uriel, that was unacceptable. That was unacceptable. And then the cut that shows exactly what they're referencing to Ruby being tortured, which yep. I always remembered this scene was pretty graphic. I'm so glad they don't actually show like the knife, basically, apart from it being covered in blood, because I can't mm-hmm. even imagine what is happening to her. Ruby went through it in this episode for them, actually. I feel bad for yes. the bad mouth that we did of Ruby in the last two episodes. <laughs> um, yeah, she is being tortured by Alistair, like, naked. Do you think this was a turning point then like mm. i sacrificed myself and really didn't get anything out of this it's all 3d chess for ruby i i think yeah. um she was i think she was this is i this whole situation is very hard to see where she fits into this um because initially it looks like she's trying to set them up for something and then she got in too deep so she tried to get out of it and it ended up backfiring on her. I kind of think that's where this is. But mm. it's it's really hard to tell. Alistair does a whole monologue about yes. torturing people. How much he enjoys being in hell rather than earth. Which is very unusual for demons. But mm-hmm. he kind of revels in the pain and suffering. Basically just showing how much of a bad dude he is. Eventually he says to her, like, you're, you're going to tell me where the angel is. And Ruby's like, no, I won't tell you because you'll just kill me. I'll show you instead. Ruby got hurt here a lot, obviously, you know. Mm-hmm. But this was all part of it, right? That she was going to go to Alistair. So yeah. then she must have known the risk. I'm not saying like, she knew what she was getting herself into, but she'd put herself on the line for them because she knew, must have known going into it that there was a risk that she could, I mean, get hurt or possibly even die. Yeah, definitely since she's going... Because she knows who Alistair is as well. So it's like it's not like... He's not going to be reasonable in the way that you think he's going to be reasonable. Like, he's going to find a way to do yeah. what he enjoys to do. 
Unless it's just about protecting Sam at all costs at this point because of yeah. how important he is. But then I don't feel like the angels would kill him either for the... Ah! 3D chess, Annabelle! <laughs> <laughs> While they're trying to figure out who Ruby is and her motivations. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we go back to the barn and Sam's concerned because he's like, where's Ruby? And Dean says, she's your hell buddy. <laughs> <laughs> like you keep track of her yeah. and Dean is drinking in this scene from a hip flask mm-hmm. as well and even Anna questions it she's like it's a little early for that isn't it Dean says it's 2am somewhere and Anna asks if he's okay and Dean says yes I am but then the barn doors fly open because someone doesn't know how to enter a room in a non-dramatic way <laughs> <laughs> the drama the drama <laughs> absolutely the drama and Cass and Uriel come in. Castiel does say to her, Anna, it's good to see you. I believe that. Yeah, I do too. And he calls her Anna. Again, calling into question, what is her angel name? But fine. Because um, I feel like he would have called her here. Sam asks how they find us and then kind of looks at Dean and Dean looks like, oh, I am a bad man who betrayed you all. I'm so sorry. This is why I'm drinking right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the acting in mm-hmm. by Dean, not not not, not by like Jensen and Jared, no, no, by yeah. Dean and Sam in this is like peak. They very good. Which Sam asks why, and Anna says, "Ah, it's because they gave him a choice to kill me or kill you." I know how their minds work. And then Anna kisses Dean. This kiss is just everything. I don't know what it is about it. There is something very good about this. Mm-hmm. This line as well by Anna. How can you not tell me that this is not the last line that Cass says to him? (laughs) Just in fewer words. (laughs) She says, You did the best you could. I forgive you. Okay. No more tricks. No more running. I'm ready. No more running. <laughs> I'm ready. It's the the ye old kiss and dismiss. You know, like, I love you. I'm ready to die now. <laughs> I've told you my truth. I mean, she doesn't say I love you to do in this, but the forgiveness is enough, I feel. <sighs> we also need to talk about this camera cut. Yes. Absolutely, because what was this? What was this indeed? So if you don't know what we're talking about, Anna kisses Dean, and then it cuts to Cass, and he kind of like looks down and away from them. Mm-hmm. What there was, was that emotion? There's no reason to cut to Cass. <laughs> <laughs> no, like if anyone you want to see the reaction of, it's probably Sam. Like, Sounds like... You, wouldn't that be a shock? You, you slept with the angel? like sam never questions this no he doesn't no he doesn't in this episode no he's he just accepts that dean slept with an angel yeah i guess because he slept with a demon so he's like okay fine i do feel that it would be different for sam though right because he holds angels in such high regards he's like you did what (laughs) (laughs) you defiled an angel right so yeah the obvious person to go to would be like sam looking surprised at their you know relationship Mm -hmm. Um, but no we get to Cass, who just looks 
I don't know what that expression is. Misha, I have a question for you. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember this? And why? (laughs) I don't remember this. Uh, Like, the way I've always read it is, I don't know. I think, again, I think Cass is ashamed of what he's doing. Like, it's being there in the first place. Having to follow these orders to get Anna. Mm Mm-hmm. And then seeing that she's managed to get into Dean's good graces, someone he obviously cares about, even Uriel said that he likes him, is causing a conflict of emotions. Is it jealousy? I don't know. It reads as jealousy, but from in which direction? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're not crazy, Annabelle. No, we're not. We are not crazy. <laughs> like, why did they go for jealousy if they didn't want people to infer the things that come next, right? If you're not going to read it in a Dastiel sense, then I, I think you can read it as um, him being like ashamed of the, the whole situation that this has kind of come to. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think that the, that Cass wants to be there at this time doing the things that he's no. doing, which leads to, to his disobedience later on. Yeah. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Mm. That's my non my non ship reading of this scene. <laughs> I'll try and do one. I'll try and do both sides. Oh. And I mean, it is somewhat supported by, you know, the, what happens next a little bit, because we cut back from the an ad and it says, you know, I'm sorry. And Anna responds, no, no, you're not. Not really. You don't know the feeling. Ooh, digging, digging that in. <laughs> yeah. And I think he's starting to, though. I think he's starting to. This is the thing, right? It's almost taunting. Well, this is taunting. Like, you don't understand what feeling's like. But it's almost like, you don't know the feeling of caring for Dean or something. I don't know. It's very weird. So you just, you unraveled my, like, <laughs> you put it back to Destiny. Yeah, I did. Like, it happens. It happens. It's like, it's we come full circle. We do. We must. <laughs> Forever. It is inevitable. Um. <laughs> it's a snakey in its own tail. Yeah. Oh. Cass says, well, Still, we have orders. It's just, and Anna cuts them off saying, orders are orders. I know. Just make it quick. And then Alistair appears with a bleeding ruby. And Alistair says, don't you touch a hair on that poor girl's head. And your response, how dare you come in this room, you passing sore. Ugh. That's a visual I didn't need. <laughs> yeah, I love Uriel. He's great. He feels he feels full biblical wrath. Like I get that yes. from Uriel. I don't yeah, get that from definitely. Cass. <laughs> like I'm not scared that Cass will smite people smite me. I'm scared that Uriel would. I'm just like, <laughs> looking at him wrong. <laughs> Alistair slings insults back by calling Uriel a uh, sanctimonious fanatical prick, which I feel like doesn't have the same impact as a pussing sword <laughs> but <laughs> he tried <laughs> yeah good 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 attempt alistair um, hurts with knives not words yes he doesn't he cannot use his his words he must use his fists <laughs> alistair is like we just give us the girl we'll make sure she gets punished because obviously we you want to punish her but we'll do it we'll, we're mm-hmm. much better at it Castiel says, you know who we are what we do i won't say it again leave now or you'll we will lay you to waste And then Alistair says, I'll take my chances. It was at this point that I was like, are angels universally stronger than most demons? Are there exceptions? This obviously gets answered in this scene. Yeah. Is a lowest level angel Mm. 
still significantly stronger than the lowest level demon. Yes, I think so. Mm. Um, because of the like, demons are pretty scared of angels. I think right. it does change because I think their power levels go up and down in heaven a lot. But at this point, yes. And it makes absolute sense in canon what happens with Alistair here. They they start to fight and what makes me really what made me laugh so much about this scene, mm-hmm. again, like not really being in balance with anything as going on. Sam and Dean and Anna just like scoot out of the way as these <laughs> as these two opposing forces collide. I mean, what else are you gonna do? But like it's just like it's an overhead shot and you just see these three characters just like, whoop, I'm gonna get out of the way of this. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they should have just left. Should I mean like got right out of there but maybe it would have drawn more notice to them yeah and so Cass tries to exercise Alistair and but nothing happens like he he puts his whole palm on his head and like nothing happens yeah smitey smite smite tries to smitey smite him and it doesn't work which oh the expression on Cass's face is so good he's very Mm -hmm. surprised I wonder if this is the first time he's ever had to encounter an upper level demon because it's clear that it's more difficult for them to get out of hell. Yeah. And I I think that is the case because I think as the seals are... This is just my opinion. Like, this is just my head canon. I feel like as the seals are breaking, it's easier for demons to get out of hell. Um, Which would make sense. It would make sense that, mm -hmm. like, the the bonds of hell are weakening. Yeah. Because the whole reason is to get Lucifer out. So Exactly. And there seems to be like many layers to it. So it's almost letting the higher level demons out, which is the reason why Alistair is here now. It it, it very well could be unprecedented. This this does change. This is the only thing I feel like changes with demons and angels is the way that they are smited or smote. Smote. Like I, I feel like it takes Uriel a long time to smite these demons. Like he has to subdue them almost before he can smite them. That's Whereas I feel like later on they can just do the head touch and poof. That's true. Yeah, and like even when Cass is quite depowered, he can still smite a demon pretty, pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe it's just that Uriel is that many ranks below Cass oh, that it, could it takes be. a bit more effort. But he's powerful enough to level a town. I don't know how angel powers work. Maybe that's easier somehow. Some humans. <laughs> yeah, it could be. <laughs> it could be. Um, we see Alistair start to like cast a spell, which I think's really interesting. Yeah, we don't see this again, really. No, not in this. I, yeah, I I don't really remember the action of what Cass is doing, but. He does seem a little bit affected by what Alistair is saying. Yeah, because Alistair has him pinned on the floor and he's looking like scared. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, what he's saying is uh, potestus inferno me confirma. It translates to, in English, apparently, I strengthen the power of the grave. So, hmm. yeah. Or like, I think in this case it would be hell. So I'm using the strength of hell mm. um, to try and cast cast out of jimmy novak <laughs> yeah that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah. and then as i was saying at the beginning of this episode dean comes up behind alistair with a crowbar this time and smacks him over the head again very interesting because as you said they all backed out of this fight and then dean saw Cass under threat and was like and it must have taken him a lot to uh mm-hmm. hit alistair with that crowbar and then this line that alistair says 
Dean, Dean, Dean. I'm so disappointed. You had such promise. Mm. Oi. In what way, though? It's, this, this is, again, this is um, examined a bit more in the head, on the head of a pin. But, um, yeah. Who was his apprentice? Before he was, before he was taken from hell by Cass, you know, I think that Alistair was, was training Dean to be on par with him. And Alistair mm-hmm. is, like, the best at what he does. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Dean came along and was challenging how good Alistair was at that, which is horrifying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then Alistair turns around and attacks Dean and Sam. Mm-hmm. As Uriel was fighting the other demons, Anna's grace like came out from underneath his shirt on the chain and she dashes over, grabs the grace and he's like, no <laughs> she then smashes it on the floor and like absorbs it and like she just sort of yells shut your eyes shut your eyes which she's telling everybody so why doesn't alistair do the same thing oh yeah that's true actually like it's not like she was saying it quietly like what she wasn't projecting it into their minds and maybe it's arrogance maybe he thought that he wouldn't be affected by it because he hadn't been yeah smoked by cass this is true this yeah. is very true the, then she sort of radiates mm. like a, a huge aura of light, yeah. which like banishes Anna, Alistair, uh, keeps Ruby, mm-hmm. and then Anna disappears. Her yelling, shut your eyes, made me laugh. I, it was just really weirdly done to me. Like it was this. <laughs> there was Sam. Sam was the best one. Like, go back and watch it. He, like, heaves his arm over his eyes like it was a real struggle. <laughs> well, yeah, because Alistair's, like, holding him down. No, he's by himself at that point. He's just on the floor. Oh, okay. But it's like, it looks like a real effort. He's like, oh, my eyes. Because Alistair's, mm-hmm. like, stood up um, going towards Anna. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, um, but uh, it's just funny. <laughs> I also, I need to go back. Because I know they cut to Uriel, but I feel like Uriel covered his eyes and the only person who watches is Cass. Yeah. And he has like a look of like almost admiration, right? Yeah, he does. He does. Hey, I, I think this was the best outcome for Cass. He didn't want to go kill Anna. He really didn't want mm-hmm. to. I mean, no. he has his own doubts. So it's it's a bit hypocritical to kill someone else over their doubts. Yeah, and it also he admires Anna, right? She used to be his like commander, superior. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, he's, I think he's he's happy to see her regain her grace so that she can protect herself, and they don't have to do it any like. Well, they at least have an excuse not to kill her anymore because they can't find her. So when the when the light fades and Anna's disappeared, she's gonna go get Anna. Unless of course you're scared. This isn't over. Oh, it looks over to me, Junglas. Again, with his little <laughs> playground taunting. <laughs> Sam goes over to Ruby to check on her. And it is all revealed that Sam came up with a plan to bring the angels and demons together to, to, to assure destruction of each other. Mm-hmm. Like, why try to take on these forces that they don't know how to fight? Uh, he even says, you know, when you've got Godzilla and Mothra on your ass, best to get out of their way and let them fight. Yeah. I guess Sam hasn't been privy to like any angel conversations. Yeah. Because the line that he says here, so he says, so I guess she's some big time angel now. She must be happy wherever she is. Mm-hmm. 
And we know for a fact that that's not true. Yeah. At the same time, we don't know how like how the grace would actually affect Anna. Like, is it the grace that makes you emotionless and cold? This, this is it. Like, I don't know. I, uh, I really don't know. I, I think it's. I think it's almost like a ruse that that the grace kind of does that. It's kind of almost like a lie that angels tell themselves. Mm-hmm. Maybe it does dampen your emotions. Like, you know, possibly. Maybe it does help you, like, suppress them slightly. But I don't think they go away. I really don't. I, I mean, if you look at Cass, I, I don't think Grace causes your emotions to, to go. I mean, maybe it's different because he was very depowered whenever he got his Grace back after a certain time. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I just don't, I don't see it. It'd be interesting when we encounter Anna again to see how she acts. Yeah. She had already changed, though, right? From yeah. before and after Pamela, like... Before, she acted like a scared young woman. And then after, she was very much, like, calm and, like... I guess when you have understanding of things, you have less reason to react. So... She almost mm, lost her, like, innocence, right? Because Mm -hmm. she remembers all the history. What's interesting is, is though, in terms of, like, relationships of angels, is that Dean thinks she's lost all of her emotions. Mm. Because he says that, like, he doubts that she's happy. So... What he took away from that conversation was that angels can only feel when they don't have their grace. Yeah, that that's true. So I didn't actually read it that way. I read it as that she was actually unhappy that she's an angel again. Mm-hmm. But if she can't feel anything, then you're right. Like, I doubt it could mean, well, I doubt she can feel happiness. Yeah. <laughs> and again, it's interesting in his interactions with other angels um, that he thinks that they are emotionless beings, right? Because mm-hmm. of this whole thing with Anna. It de- this definitely colours Dean's interactions with Cass as the seasons go, like this season's particularly goes on and, and into the future. Because I think that yeah. this really made an impact on things he thinks he knows about angels <laughs> that maybe aren't mm, always the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, well. This last scene. I, I'm glad you're doing it because I, I didn't make any notes. I was just like, oh, I was God. in it. It's so good. Can I just say the fact that like, we were talking about this before the podcast? The fact that like they never got any awards for Supernatural for acting is an absolute disgrace. This is some of the best acting I've ever seen on television. Like for an for a show like this, mm-hmm. it's extremely good. <laughs> and also, this is a male character showing huge emotions. Yeah. Which is just don't, like, see, back, back again, back in like 2008, 2009, this, this wasn't seen on screen. Like, you, you know. And on top of that, you know, they're not playing into, you know, this is a gay character who shows his emotions, right? Mm-hmm. Which is stupid and I hate it. Yeah. But that was the way it was. So this is a very, very, like, I am a man, man. I am a manly man, man. Mm-hmm. And I am going to, I am breaking down. Yeah being extremely extremely vulnerable which is extremely it's so important because we often talk i'm going away like high horse here this has really annoyed me lately the fact that we very much encourage girls to be strong and independent and like have all these what we would used to consider like masculine traits right so like Mm -hmm. go out be self-sufficient be like assertive do all of these things but then I don't know what it is about like society that then men can't have 
what women like you know the emotionality typically yeah Yeah. like this is very generalizing but like they're not allowed to be emotional they're not allowed to be like soft or you know like certain things because I I, you know I think about the fact that you can send a child to a a fancy dress party like as a who's a a girl dressed as Mm -hmm. like spider-man but you couldn't send your like son dressed as captain marvel right people would judge Mm -hmm. you it's 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 wrong and it, it yeah. just, it's a very simplified version of like why I think this is good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um No yeah, and it's it's so powerful. It's so powerful. I love it. It's it's great. The face acting. <laughs> the face acting. So And that, and that's all there is to this scene. It is. The very close up shots. I loved the directing in this episode. We didn't really talk about it. Actually we didn't say who directed this episode. It was um oh Jay Miller Tobin. Um, directed this episode and the the close-up face shots that he has on these are very very good and they add to a lot of the tension in this especially in that barn scene where they're like fighting and the close-ups of Cass and Anna and Dean is all very good and here mm-hmm. it's just used to amazing effect I, I want to stress that yes Jensen in this is really really good mm-hmm. but Jared's responses as well very good are just just as powerful like you can see he's trying to be strong. Mm-hmm. It's like so. Sam is trying to be strong for Dean by not reacting in the way that he wants to react. Yeah, because it and there's there's moments where it looks like you know Sam wants to cry but he can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I just I read so much in into their faces in this. I was... It's so good. So to go through the scene, <laughs> <laughs> they're they're celebrating at the end of this this hunt. I guess the end of the episode. And because they're drinking on the hood of the Impala, this is very, like, par for the course and supernatural. Like, we won the day, let's have a drink. And even Dean says, like, I can't believe we made it out of there. Mm-hmm. And Sam says, yeah, again. <laughs> yeah. And then Dean says, I know that you heard him. And Sam's like, who? And Dean's like, well, Alistair. Dean calls him Alistair, which really annoys me. <laughs> but that's mm-hmm. the thing. Um, so Alistair, and he says about what he said, like, how I had promised. And Sam says, like, I did hear him. Dean's like, well, don't you want to, you know, don't you want to know? And Sam says, I, you know, I am curious, but you're not talking about how and I'm not pushing, which is a big step for Sam because he does, he is a pusher. Yeah. He really is. And it, it's just who Sam is and Dean knows that. So I think the fact that he has respected him this time and not pushed him on something he doesn't want to talk about shows a lot of growth for Sam. Mm-hmm. And I think Dean has actually quite appreciated it. There's partly what Anna said to him before about forgiving himself, partly because they had an interaction with Alistair, and I think also partly because Sam hasn't continually pushed him that he's finally mm-hmm. able to tell him here. Dean just says, like, it wasn't four months, you know, it was more like 40 years down there. We kind of knew this already from what, um, like, the hallucination of Lilith said to him in Yellow Fever. Is that right? Yeah, but coming back to my theory of Dean not being a very good storyteller. Mm-hmm. I need to hear it from somebody else other than a demon and yeah. other than himself. Oh, uh, yeah. Because the, the demon that he hallucinated is him, yeah, right? It's coming true. from his own mind. Yes. So it, for me, it needs to come from a third party source. <laughs> like it can't come from Dean. <laughs> that time on in time in hell is different. You will get that confirmation. I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> Dean describes to Sam in quite a lot of detail what happened to him in hell and 
he it's it's so well done. The the way Jensen delivers this is amazing. Like go back and watch this scene again because it's one of the best acting moments in Supernatural. Like I swear to you. Yeah, I, I'm again. I wish I could, we could put the entire audio in, but I don't think we're allowed to. Cut as much as you can. It's fine. Yeah. Um, and Alistair, at the end of every day, everyone, he would come over. He would make me an offer to take me off the rack if I put souls on. And mm-hmm. he said that he said no every single day for 30 years until he that didn't. look. I know. The look that Sam gave when he said 30 years, it clicked for him. And I was Immediately like, it clicked for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Jared does such a good job in this episode. Like with this, this bit, like the facial expressions. Mm-hmm. Um, and he calls him Dean calls him Sammy here as well, like as he's, mm-hmm. and then he says like that he did eventually break and that he started torturing other people for pretty much a decade, and he the 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 camera angle and he does the very famous single man tear down his face, and mm-hmm. I as far as I remembered I thought that was as much as he cried in this episode, and then when he just like kept sobbing I was like oh my gosh. I can't do this today. <laughs> yeah. No, it was a lot. Like he 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 wipes his tears away, but they just keep coming. They do. He just he does the thing that I've I when I'm crying, I tend to take both my hands and like put them under my eyes. It's because I wear makeup. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> underneath. Yeah. But like I've noticed that guys do this where they kind of like pinch their nose to like take mm-hmm. the tears out. and I actually probably feel that's probably more effective <laughs> um, but he, yeah he does that and he does the whole like wiping his hands down his face which I feel is a very Dean Winchester move that like mm-hmm. he does it when he's stressed as well like wipes a hand down his face like over his mouth Sam instantly forgives him like the way he says it is like Dean You held out for 30 years. It's longer than anyone would have. And then Dean says, how I feel this inside me. I wish I couldn't feel anything, Sammy. I wish I couldn't feel a damn thing. Which is just, again, iconic supernatural line. Mm-hmm. I can hear him saying it still in my head. Like, I know exactly the cadence of his voice as he says that. That's oh, a beautiful shot as well. Like... Do you think he wasn't far off of becoming a demon? This is right? it. Yeah, I really do think so. What he's saying there, he's trying to turn off his humanity. Yeah. The the, and... the tragedy of it is, is because him not wanting to feel the guilt and all of that is precisely what makes him human. Like the, 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 the emotion that he feels about it is precisely him embracing the humanity rather than the demonic side to him that, mm-hmm. that he was maybe, yeah, you're right, close to in hell. Just remember this and watch on the head of a pin. I'm, I'm, lo- I'm not looking forward to that episode. <laughs> yeah. But again, how did mm. this not win awards? The directing in this is beautiful. The emotions mm-hmm. are, are amazing. The acting is amazing. You said to me at the beginning of the podcast that this is like several different shots. They would have had to keep that emotion through several different shots. And it works really, really well. It does. Mm. Just all the awards. Where's the Emmy? Where, Where is, is the Emmy? Emmy? <laughs> Where is it? Just because it's a quote-unquote horror show 
it comes under sci-fi and fantasy, don't know why, but they never win like awards like that for act- and so I've some of the best acting I've ever seen have been in those shows, like those types of mm-hmm. shows. And the supernatural is a standout because I feel like they're just very good. <laughs> they are. And we're not biased at all. Not biased at all. <sighs> One episode. This is such One a good episode. episode. It is. It's I don't think we even mentioned it. This is a mid-season finale. So <laughs> you would have got this, I wish I couldn't feel a damn thing. Credits. You don't get anything for two months. I know. The next episode in, in time for back then was, this was aired on November 20th. Mm-hmm. The next one came out January 15th. Wow. The thing is, the fan, the fan theories at the time... Everyone would have been wondering what happened to Anna, and it doesn't reappear. Mm-hmm. Everyone would have been wondering, like, what Cass and Uriel are going to do. Like, mm-hmm. ev- everyone's going to be wondering, like, what's what's going on with Ruby now? Because I, you know, what? <laughs> How did she heal herself? Like, <laughs> yeah, is she okay? You know, is Dean going to be okay? Because, like, we've never seen him cry like this. On, you know, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. there's a lot going on. Good mid-season finale. Excellent. But I think most of the questions would have been around Anna, and I don't think they really get resolved. <laughs> Not for a significant amount of time. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, this, this, is, this should be a absolute 100% like definite on your rewatch this episode. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you want to find out what the wrap-up of the first half of season four, mm-hmm. this is it. This is it. It 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 totally did everything I wanted it to do. Really mm-hmm. good. <sighs> okay. What's the next episode? The next episode is Family Remains. Okay. Yes, I think I remember this one, and I think I remember it being pretty good. It's obviously going to be family related, so there's going to be some family talk, and we know how the Winchesters deal with family. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many many more times I can say family, but I'm going to try. <laughs> family. Family. <laughs> <laughs> I will say about the next episode I feel like we don't quite get the emotional resolution that we're going to want I do, oh, I not. think that they are just if I, as far as I remember I'm pretty sure it's like a monster of the week episode there will be the, the, something up with it but I don't feel like we're going to get it wouldn't it's not going to be the payoff that we all want I don't know because I feel like that actually this episode gave us everything <laughs> so I'm like I don't know where I want it to go from here to be honest yeah like we've mentioned the supernatural formula of like giving us something serious and mm-hmm. something funny yeah and because there was this break it gave him a chance to like not have to do something super silly the next episode yes which I think is what they would want to do I agree, which is probably why we got like Monster Movie and Yellow Fever together because it's, it's that's yeah. weirdly paced that in the first half of the season. Um, but yeah, okay. Now I'm looking forward to it. We are getting through this season. We are almost halfway through. <laughs> yes, we are. Everyone, we cover really quite a lot good. in this episode. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like everyone just looks really good in this episode, and I'm very pleased for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a good one. Okay, so at the end of the episode, we would like to thank the Pixel Agora for his amazing uh, logo art for the podcast. You can find that and the Pride version, um, which is now going to be available, not not just for Pride Month, but for all time. We just released it for Pride Month um, on our Redbubble store, so go get it on a sticker, a water bottle, or what have you. And any of the Pride 
uh, profits will go to the Trevor Project. Or if there's a suggestion for any other charities, we would love to hear about them. Then you can find us everywhere on the internet, Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Just search for Escaping Purgatory Podcast or Escaping Purgatory on Twitter. Yeah. Thanks. And this week, um, in our trek through Purgatory, we seem to spend a lot of time in barns and we had a very steamy encounter in an old muscle car. So hopefully next week we can use that experience to help us find our way out. <laughs> <laughs> no. Bye. Bye. <laughs>